This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was Best Picture. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 108. We're off the FM radio dial, Bill. It's official. We've cleared it. We wanted to talk about frequencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get Bennett on here. Last week, we said we need to learn more about frequencies. I don't know anything about it. I will say that Bennett, our friend, yes. um, he wrote back to us on Twitter. Yeah. And he said, I'd love to be a guest on No Joke. Yes. And he may have the perfect gift about frequencies. What do you mean? He that relates a... to frequencies. I don't know. He left a nice little teaser out there. Bennett, you flirt. What would a frequency gift, if you could just guess... Maybe he like bought us a radio station. Oh, I mean, that would be maybe the grandest version of it. I got you some frequency. <laughs> yeah, here's some yeah. frequency real estate. Exactly. What's that instrument where it's like two sticks and then you rub oh. a thing in between and it's like whoa, 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 what whoa, is whoa. that called? Another good question for Bennett. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the saw. You can play the saw and that's yeah. like oh, whoa, whoa, which whoa, is already whoa. in and of itself phenomenal. Right, but this is more like a sharper image, weird thing. This, it's not sharper image, but it's like two metal posts. Correct. And then there's like a wand that you put in between it, and it's just like. Like magnet music. Magnet music. Kind of yeah, I think it's called the Magnet Music Maker. We need a magnet yeah, we music need one maker. Of those. Yeah. Right. So send one down to the node headgum <laughs> offices. <laughs> we ask see, for gifts often. Exactly. See if you can fit it with one stamp in the envelope. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Adam, we do not have any gifts in the studio today. No, today we're giftless. But we were. We're giftless in Seattle. That's right. <laughs> but we had a bounty last week. Yeah, we did, man. Once again, thank you to everybody who sent us oat. Truly. Oat. Um, Rana, thank you so much for the oat and I also thank you for tweeting us that you were at the UCB show that I did with Conover the other day and I'm so sorry that I missed you in person we'll definitely catch up one of these days your mother also sent us uh, two goobers big time and a loaf big time did you open said goober I, I've had two goober sandwiches really two Tell me how since okay since we've been gifted from my mother yeah um, the twelve grain oat grain 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 bread yes and the two beautiful glass jars of goober I've had two sandwiches thus far I think the listeners would want to know you've made these two sandwiches how much goober is left in the jar what does two sandwiches cost you it it dents me a, a meager eight to eleven percent of the jar Stop it's it. not much you it's do. not much. No way. I don't buy it. Well, I went for a light dust thing. I deliberately went for a kind of a cautious a sort of a – On a cracker? No, on a, on a, on a, on a bread. On a full loaf – on a full piece of bread? Yeah. Again, I didn't want to go too – Do you 5% of the jar on a on a, a sandwich? I think so. I mean – So you're this... getting 20 peanut butter and jellies out of a single goober jar? Maybe so. Wow, I mean, honestly – much harder than you. I, I, yeah. This was this was just sort of a modest, kind of a late night modest. I wanted just like a wisp of the goober. I didn't want to go too hard on it. Because... That's like 85% bread, 15% goober. Yeah, it was not the – it was not a, the most sort of – it wasn't the sexiest sandwich ratio. Okay. It was like a lot of business, not a lot of pleasure. Okay. Um, but the goober consistency itself – and again, I have never actually <laughs> – Yeah. Let's talk about I've it. never actually – had consumed goober. Yeah. I've just only sort of been attracted to the idea yeah. of, Agreed. of goobers. Agreed. Talk to me about your peanut butter experience. The, in practice, it's um well <laughs> <laughs> the mashup of textures between the creamy peanut butter and the sort of gelatinous jelly. Sure. It, it makes for makes for kind of a it, it's 
uh, to use your word, laborious. It is laborious. <laughs> it does require forearm there's, strength. There's something a little laborious about the texture mix. I would say. Isn't it totally intuitive? The peanut butter, for being a creamy peanut butter, still has a resistance yes, to it. Yes. It's kind of like um, if you've ever made pasta dough. Yeah. And you, it's a little too hard, and you have to just drizzle a little more water on it to kind of make it what it should Loosen be. Up. Come on, just yeah, chill a out, bit. chill out, <laughs> chill out. Goober peanut butter. It can afford to chill out a just little chill. bit. Uh, it's listen, it's working. It's holding up the foundation of the columns of uh, Goober grape. Both sandwiches were consumed with pleasure. So it's so not, like that's the, at the end of the day. Other peanut butters <laughs> are just chilling in the jars, laying out. Yeah. This one is holding up Goober. So I understand that it it has a little bit more work to do. There's a little. It's a little. Chill laborious. out. You can chill out. It can afford. To chill out, right. it, it can afford like pasta dough that needs a little bit of water to grease the wheels. Right. Goobers, texture wise, can afford to chill out. I'm realizing bit. now that if people don't know what we're talking about, if Goober isn't on the shelves where these where our friends and listeners yes. live, yes. we've just wasted four minutes and forty five <laughs> seconds of their time. Hard Goobers, Google Goober, Google it, yeah, Google Goober dot Goog. Uh, well, I mean, we could spend forty five minutes talking about Goobers. Frankly, Have. we almost did last episode. <laughs> we used the whole second act. We barely said fruit once. <laughs> so we have to be slightly more diligent. Yeah, a little more efficient for that time. Uh, so it's not a Goober podcast <laughs> no. today. Um, but what was announced today, Adam, was the Best Picture and all Oscar nominees. Yeah, the Academy Award nominations. Right. And we live here in Hollyweird. And again, you and I aren't like the most sort of uh, voracious of cinephiles. Right. But we like movies. Sure. And here we are in L.A. And sometimes we struggle for an idea of what to talk about. <laughs> and we say, what happened today? What happened? What's, what's happening? <laughs> what's, <laughs> a, a good question to ask yourself every morning That's right. when you wake up. That's right. What's happening? Isn't that what Twitter asks you? Like before you enter a tweet, it just says, what's happening? I know. It's just like, <laughs> Isn't I love that, that Twitter perfect... kicks off the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's um, happening? So we decided that we would take a format that we've used before, like the Summer Anthems episode. Yeah. We will kind of travel through the decades to yeah. see which movies have won Best Picture. Yeah, we're just going to kind of gander at the Best Picture nominees from years past. Right. We're going to see what won. We're yeah. going to sort of like goof around about it and see what comes up. Full disclosure, I'm not a cinephile. Didn't me neither, to be honest. You know what is the truth? I don't know if I'm a file. I don't know Period. if I'm anything file. What other files can you think of? There's bad files out there. We won't get into the yeah, pedophiles of yes, the world. Yes, yes, But there's Francophiles. Francophiles. They like French. Anglophiles like England. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law's a big Anglophile. Not a file yet. Not a file. I would say you're all – I mean, are you a cryptophile? Cryptophile. Not totally. I would say three weeks ago I might have been <laughs> oh, yeah. a cryptophile. Sorry to take a detour here. Has your crypto passion tapered? My I'm asking passion, this sincerely. I would yeah. say that my crypto passion uh -huh. is directly related to my crypto profits. Naturally. And when one goes down, <laughs> so does the other. <laughs> Spoken like a true capitalist, my friend. That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was a crypto file, and now I'm just a crypto head. Yeah, you're just a crypto head. <laughs> one step down. Yeah. You were almost a vacuum file for a minute. You were almost a sort of a, Nailed Dyson, it. a Dyson file. I'm a Dyson file. <laughs> okay. This is not an ad, nice. but if you guys are looking for a great wireless <laughs> vacuum, this is outrageous. Dyson Shark is a great place to start. It might seem a little expensive, but when you bring it home, you will Worth see it. you will see the difference. Worth it. You can get a dog, you can get a cat if you're looking for joy around the house. Yes. It's easier and cleaner to just buy a Dyson. Don't get a pet. No. A pet is something that is, uh, frankly, not to be morbid, it's going to die. This vacuum is inanimate. Yep. It only helps you. Yep. It will tax none of your – it is only here to be a boon and not a burden. If you are resentful of the pet you already own – now this vacuum will improve that situation because Dyson. it's going to sweep up all the remains. Get a Dyson. Get a Dyson. So you're a bit of a Dyson file is the only thing I would say that you're kind of filey about. Nailed it.com. <laughs> you just nailed it. 
Com. Okay, great. I feel good about that. Not really a cinephile. Your girlfriend Marina, or should I say fiance? Yes. Marina is a cinephile. Yes. <laughs> is Marina in the Mar- studio? Marina's in the studio. Shoot, we Marina. forgot her. We did forget her. No, She's Marina. She's out here. Oh, well, I guess her. the two amateurs are going to have to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what we're going to try and do is go through in the first act some of the best picture winners of the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. Second act will tackle 2000 2000s. through 2009. Yeah. And then the third act, today. Why not? Great. Okay, Adam, is there a movie from 1990 to 1999 that piques your interest? Well, I would like to actually start at 1990. Wow. Because this is going to give, I think, us quite a bit to talk about. Some of these movies are up there with some with some iconic films. It's a Tommy Boy. I, you and I both wish. Okay. <laughs> I want to say Tommy Boy was like more like 95 or 96. Got it. This is 1990. We're seven and eight years old, respectively. And yep. the Best Picture nominees are Goodfellas, mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. The Godfather Part 3. Jeez, Paisan v. Paisan. Paisan v. Paisan. The unfortunate third one with Sofia Coppola, who almost single-handedly ruined it. Mm-hmm. Ghost, an okay. amazing movie. Show Patrick's, me Swayze. Show me Swayze. Show me Whoopi. Whoopi. Show me Demi Moore. We have Awakenings, which I believe was a movie with... <laughs> With Robert, it's just occurring to me as I read these how little of cinephiles we actually are. Awakenings. <laughs> I was like, okay, show me Whoopi. Then you said Awakenings, and I was like, nah. I'm sleeping. Yes. I think that's Robin Williams, Robert De Niro. Don't care. Okay. And the best picture winner? Winner. Whoa. Winner. Kevin Costner and Mary McDonald in Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Dances with the Wolves. Did you watch Dances with Wolves when you were a young wolf? I remember it being like my mom's, one of my mom's like favorite-ish movies of the time. Right. And I think I was like, I'm seven, get me out of here. Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Sounded like a Disney animated fun movie. Yes, exactly. Right. I think, uh, again, I don't really know so much what it's about, but I think it's about a frontiersman who maybe befriends a Native American family or person did costner ever rock did costner ever truly rock yeah i guess that's a good question i mean uh a dances with wolves was one of the highlights yes it was the biggest movie of 1990 it was one of the but biggest like movies. did he rock he made a weird he carved out a weird niche career for himself in sports movies with bull durham and tin cup I he's like, often like athlete man right it was like if you like curveballs like literally <laughs> the pitch yeah not like curveball comedy no, literal curveball in a sport context if you're looking for 90 minutes of curveballs then maybe i guess your favorite actor is kevin costner field of dreams right yeah, yeah. he's like he just i don't know he just was he ever like a let me tell you what almost single-handedly ruined Kevin Costner was how bad Waterworld was. Yes. If you remember Waterworld, Waterworld probably came out in like, I don't know, I'm guessing like 2000. Yeah. But at the time, it was like supposed to be the next awesome, huge blockbuster apocalypse. Of course. And it was like a world of water. Yeah. It, the that, only thing I remember is that at one, in one scene, he peed, it went through a device, and then he drank it. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> And that scene didn't cost very so much money. I don't money. know if he does rock. If right. he's drinking his own pee, like, I'm not totally sure he rocks. I don't disagree. Okay. <laughs> um, I would like to see – let me go back to the list now. So that was Great. 1990. That was 1990. We're kicking off the 90s. Why don't I fast forward a little bit? Go. Um, I always thought 1998 was a pretty cool year. Yeah, it was. Why don't we see mm, – it didn't have a cool movie. So why don't we see what 1997 – Okay, good. Go 1997 yep. had a movie, yep. a small movie, yep. featuring a small boat <laughs> yes. with two very small actors and That's actresses right. named Titanic. Yeah. The big one. Yeah, that was like – that was Waterworld. Yes. That's actually the good Waterworld. There you go. <laughs> 1997's Best Picture winner, Titanic. James Cameron's Titanic. Did now, you see it more than once in the of theater? Of course. You did. 
I mean, like, we were 14. Okay. It was the thing. Celine Dion. Titanic took over the world. Correct. For, like, a few years, maybe still is taking over the world. Safe that- bet that McDonald's had a cup with Titanic on it? Safe, 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 safe yep. bet. It was the big one. Every single girl, boy, anyone in my age group here I'd ever known or wanted to know wanted to see Titanic at Crossgates Mall in the movie theater opening night the day after the day after the day after. Yep, yep. I saw it twice. Yeah. The second time, uh, me and my friend Tim White snuck in nice. to meet two girls. To meet two girls? Yes. Yeah. We weren't going to pay twice for Titanic. Of course But we not. had a good reason and we had a good entrance. Yes. The back door. Yeah. So we get there. Can't find the girls in the movie theater. And now it's just me and Tim at Titanic, Titanic again. again. <laughs> and we're like, what do we – we, we had this time block. – we're like what? 10, 13, yeah, yeah. 14? Yes. We had this time blocked off to hang out with these girls. Yeah. We can't find them. So what do we do? Let's watch Titanic. Titanic again. So now it's just two dudes, 15-year-olds, yep. looking for girls, can't find them, watching Titanic together. There's these two old ladies who are sitting behind us, and they're very chatty. Yes. But like, what do we care? Yes. And – in the scene where, spoiler alert, the boat approaches the glacier, <laughs> the clouds kind of break, yes. and they're like, oh, oh there's no. a glacier right in front of us. We hear one old lady whisper to the other old lady, they're going to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim leans into me, and he says, they must have seen this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking in that uh, moment, despite not finding the girls we were hoping to find we did find them all is not lost yeah yeah all is not lost for this one joke that just we happened. did find the girls but we found the old women that those girls might become yeah 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 spoiler alert they it, hit the glacier it crashes yeah. it crashes uh, uh, yeah that movie was i mean that movie dominated that movie do- simply dominated much uh, like the macarena that we touched on in the sort of summer anthem episode <laughs> i feel like titanic was a bit of the macarena of movies where it was like it be it trans quickly transcended being like a movie and was like a cultural touchstone forever but it had the convergence of the perfect song the biggest song in the country for what probably half a year still my heart will go on still yeah if you when you heard that first it was Pavlovian. It was just like it yes. was everywhere. That was like that was almost sweet sixteen age for <laughs> yes. us. And it was like, all right, find the one who's like your heart of the ocean. Take her by the hand and slow dance for the next four minutes because this is it. Slow dance. Your Prince Eric and she's the Little Mermaid. This, right? is, this it. is it. We all know exactly how long this song is. A little too long. So right. grab a partner and start dancing. Yes. Yeah. That song was so popular that on like pop radio stations, they would include like lines from the movie <laughs> yeah, like, in the song. <laughs> like it would be like, my heart will go on. Jack, never let you? go. Yes, yeah. exactly. Never let go, Jack. Be like, Rose, where are you? In like the middle of the bridge. You're like, holy. <laughs> so yes. do we play it? I think that we literally must. Do we play it? I think we must. Our heart will go on? Yes. Should I look for the one with lyrics from the movie? Let's look for a little souped-up version of it that maybe has a little Leo. This is a coin flip. Right in there. We'll see. This is a coin flip. We'll see what we can find. not pause. Not pause that it's available. I will say there's a lot of Titanic heads out there. Absolutely. I'd like to believe that YouTube will share one. If not, you're just getting... Raw to the core, Raw to Celine Dion. Straight up Celine. But regardless, our heart will go on. We'll be right back. Rose, you're the most amazingly astounding, wonderful girl, woman that I've ever known. I'm not an idiot. I know how the world works. But I'm too involved now. You jump, I jump, remember? Every night in my dreams, I see. I feel you That is how I know you Go on 
spaces between us you have come to show you go Draw me like one of your French girls. Wearing this. All right. Wearing only this. Love can touch us one time and last for a lifetime and never let go till we're gone. Love was when I you one true time I hold you in my life will always go Go on. I'll get the next one. No, not without you. I'll be all right. Listen, I'll be fine. I'm a survivor, all right? Don't worry about me. Now go on. Get on. Promise me that you won't give up. No matter what happens, promise me now, Rose. I promise. And never let go of that promise. I will never let go, Jack. I'll never let go.
welcome back to No Joke. This is Act Two. Today, Billy and I are talking about Academy Award Best Pictures, and you just heard Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" from Titanic for the millionth time. Yeah, for the at least that song was just always on. Yeah. Still um, is always on. Speaking yeah. of always on, you and I are always on. Oh, we are always on a podcast somewhere. We find ourselves talking into these microphones quite frequently. But for some reason, we said, hey, let's keep talking even more. More, 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 more. Uh, namely, on our second podcast, yes. Fun Size. Yes. We've uh, talked about it a little bit before, but uh, we want to just keep jamming yep. at home. Yep. We now have a second, small, short, but very fun size podcast on Patreon. That's right. So, Fun Size, the idea is that we take two kind of analogous, similar candies and we pit them against each other head to head. We sort of uh, judge them based on four things packaging presentation taste and risk and we ultimately conclude what is the better candy for you to grab if you're in a rush in the candy aisle so if you'd like to hear a little bit more of me and adam talk yep. go to <laughs> yeah. patreon.com slash no joke pod yes i will say that we are recording today's episode uh today's episode of no joke on a tuesday yep. any minute now the new episode of fun size is about to come out and I will say that it is my favorite episode of Fun Size we've recorded so far. This one was with the gummy with the chocolate on top, not to spoil. Spoil, Muddy Bears. Muddy Bears. Muddy Bears. If you dudes have ever had a candy M- called Muddy Bears, Congrats. you know that you need to hear us talk about it because that's an all-timer, <laughs> it's folks. It's an all-timer, and we had never even heard of it. So. It had stiff competition. <laughs> yeah. In order to find out what its competition was, go to patreon.com yes. slash nojokepod. We'd love for you to listen to it and let us know what you thought. And thank you for all of uh, of y'all who have already subscribed, Mom. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, that's a very good call. Yeah. As a matter of fact, why don't we thank a couple people yeah, real sure. quick who Absolutely. have actually uh, donated to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And I've got to say, this isn't a promise. We don't make this promise on no. the Patreon page. No. This is just us saying thank you, this even is... though we didn't promise to say thank These you. These are freelance thank yous. These free... are freestyle, unprompted thank yous. So thank you to Paul Avia. Thank you to Jed Melikin. Thank you to James, no last name. Thanks, James. No less name. Elaine Arago Gilliard. Uh, my mom's Gil- friend Elaine. There you go. Thank you, Elaine. Our good friend Dave DeLima, our good friend Jesse Epstein. Thank you, guys. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. We're ben so Jackson, grateful. OG. I mean, Jake, your brother, Tyler Sanderson. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody. Truly. Patreon.com slash no joke pod. We appreciate the support. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I looked today to see if No Joke had been nominated for any Oscars. Did we get Best Picture? Zero. That's weird. I just thought Zero. That this was our year or something. I just assumed. Maybe that's on me. That's hubris. That's my fault. Yeah, that's on us. I thought at least a best original score or yes. best adapted script, something. Best adapted screenplay, but nothing? Felt, right? So. Weird. <laughs> well, we can check the list one Let's more time. Let's just check the list and just make maybe. sure. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we were nominated for an Oscar between 2000 <laughs> yeah. and 2009. Maybe so. As a reminder, this is the second act of the No Joke Podcast. Today we are talking about best pictures. Best picture. The okay. second act we are focusing on best picture winners from 2000 to 2009. I'm going to dive into 2001 here. Some interesting choices. Start early. So 2001, uh, we have Moulin Rouge. Sure. Which was in and of itself a bit of a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I thought did some amazing things of like, uh, I mean, the soundtrack to Moulin Rouge almost, again, ha- out- outlasted it's the movie itself. I'm learning that it helps. I'm it learning helps. that having a great soundtrack helps. Seriously. Okay. Uh, Moulin Rouge was amazing. Okay. That was like, I feel like Baz Luhrmann's like, I'm a, I'm a auteur. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Holy crap. One of them. 2001. One of them. In the Bedroom. Not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Not. In the Bedroom. <laughs> Sounds like sounds like a movie <laughs> I would not want to watch. Yeah. Sounds like Phantom Thread. I'm not going to get into it. Exactly. Don't like it. Not, not a similar. fan. In the bedroom. Boring. That is an algorithm for like if you want to come up with a boring movie title. Right. That's like when people order a cup of tea, but they say no tea bag, and it's just like a hot cup of water. It's like, why would you do that? In the bedroom is a hot tea cup of just water. Bored. 
bored of it. Jesus Christ. Moving on. But um, another nominee, Gosford Park, which was a Robert Altman murder mystery. <laughs> you could see it in my eyes. The boredom washes over me like a, a soft breeze. <laughs> Lord. Oh, I'm dying, How Bill. do you say Lord of the Rings and then In the Bedroom in Gosford Park? I know. I know it. And the winner. A Broom's Journey. A, bro- a Broom's Dream. <laughs> okay, so, and then we have the winner. None of those even won, Bill. Yeah. The, the winner of Best Picture 2001. Show me white men can't jump. Ron Howard's okay. A Beautiful Mind. Okay. Russell Crowe is a math man. Mm-hmm. And he has an uh, imaginary fine. friend. That's fine. That's fine. That was a fine one. But that sort of like, I think, began the Lord of the Rings vice grip on Oscar. And just like, Lord of the Rings is here now. I, that's cool. I didn't know that big, splashy movies like Lord of the Rings actually get nominated for like yeah. uh, Best Picture and stuff. I thought it was just like money-making machines. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that. that was, I think Lord of the Rings is like almost one of those perfect examples of like when lowbrow and highbrow sort of like overlap and how they kind of can become the same thing. And like, I feel like Lord of the Rings is that example of like a blockbuster that is also an uh, Oscar nominee, whatever. Sp- speaking of which, yes. I'm going to go to 2003. Go, baby, go. So the nominees in 2003. Yes. Mystic River. Oy. You know what I mean? I have I have some personal gripes at the sad Boston genre. Maybe we've talked about this, Go but on. I've had it. We're going to pause and we're going to let you take the stage. Mystic Mystic River is uh, – and uh, The Departed even I would say goes in that route. And what was in Manchester by the Sea? There's a subgenre of dramas that are like Boston sad. Go. I ju- Boston tragic. You I do, just have no – You have no sympathy for Boston? <laughs> I don't – I just don't like Spotlight. I just don't <sighs> like – these movies i just have i I like maybe the movies as individuals have merit and that i can like and enjoy a little bit mystic river not being one of them but as a larger genre i've had it with boston sad i've had it with boston sad i want a livestrong bracelet like lance armstrong made except it says boston sad (laughs) boston boston sad there was after i hate to bring this up but after the bombing i think boston strong yes when they unified right Boston Sad. And you know what movie came out this year? The Boston Sad movie about that Boston Strong bombing. So yep. I've had it with Boston Sad. Wow. I've personally had it with Boston Sad. So I have Mystic n- River. I would like also to refer our listeners to a Harvard Selling Team sketch that we, <laughs> that we made. Is that my wife or is that my daughter? Is that my daughter in there? Is that from Mystic River? Mystic River. Got it. <laughs> now I know Mystic River. <laughs> Sean Penn, king of overacting. It's just like the mo- – anyway, so I have personal beef with Mystic River. I – just loved what I heard. I don't like Boston sad movies. If you listen to this podcast at one and a half speed, I would encourage you to rewind two minutes, <laughs> slow it down, yeah. and soak in what Adam just said because that was – I don't like that. I don't like it. Well, I got good news for you, Adam. Yeah. That Boston sad movie, it got its ass kicked by <laughs> Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Return of the King. Boston style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, man. Lord of the Rings just emerged on the scene. It was like, I'm the greatest franchise you've ever seen were now. You a, were you a ringman? Not really. Not a ringman. My wife Maggie's a ringman. Okay. My mother-in-law Ruth is a big ringman. They like the fantasy J.R.R. Tolkien uh-huh. genre. Yeah. How much of a ringman are you? I saw the first one. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm good. Yeah, that was kind of my... I'm good. <laughs> I think I didn't see the second one, and then I think I saw the third one, and it ended with all of the hobbits jumping on a bed happily. And <laughs> I like... remember being like... I was good before. I was good. I was good the first time. It turns out I was... It's fun and splashy. I'm not a hater, yeah. but I'm not a ringman. Yeah, I'm not a ringman by any chance. Yeah. To me, like... Ringmans the... and Pottermans were the same? I mean, Did I... Did they cross or no? Not I... exactly. No, I, I mean, I think that there's... 
I mean, I think if you like fantasy, right. if you like the capital F kind of like fantasy genre, mm-hmm. I think you're a ringman. I think you're a potterman. I think you get it wherever you can get mm-hmm. it. You're a thronesman. I think you're a thronesman. Yep. Um, so, I th- yeah. Lord of the Rings to me was like, oh, New Zealand is the most beautiful place on earth. That mm-hmm. was like the greater cultural takeaway. It was, it was like, fun. oh, let's all go to New Zealand. Sure. It's magic there. Agreed. Magic occurs there. It's better than Boston. Yes. Um, Another one of the great takeaways from the Lord of the Rings franchise was one of our collective favorite scenes in Ricky Gervais' show Extras, mm. guest starred by Ian McKellen when Ian McKellen comes on yeah. and talks that there's one of the greatest funniest scenes in any comedy show ever. Remind us all. Is how Ian McKellen describes in detail to Ricky Gervais how he acts. Yes. And he uses his role as Gandalf in Lord of the Rings as an example of how he acts. Correct. But I'll just leave it there. No, Obviously, no, no, no. seen the scene? Please, d- deliver. Is, isn't it, is it, I make, I make it up? Yes, yes. He just gives a very elementary, very basic description of acting. Yes. And describe, and art, over-articulates to Ricky Gervais that he is not actually a wizard. He's just merely pretending to be a wizard. God bless. God bless. So God bless Lord of the Rings, at least for that. Yes. Lost in Translation was also nominated that year. It was. Uh, which is almost the opposite of Lord of the Rings. I agree. Um, you want to round out this year? You are uh, this decade. I'm I round say? out this decade. Let's see what we got. Okay, here's 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 one. Two thousand two thousand seven. Oh, you have a you have a grimace on your face. Two thousand seven, only because this was one of the coolest years for movies. I oh, think. wow, it was one of the coolest. Tell me why. Okay, Michael Clayton was nominated, which was that cool George Clooney movie. Okay, I don't know if you saw that one. It was very cool. Like that's what Kevin Costner never achieved. Yeah, he Kevin never... Costner became Clooney. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like he never, wh- he never became Michael Clayton. He never got the Michael Clayton. Yeah, maybe he, he was didn't always want tin to. cup in it. He was always tin. He was always just kind of tin cup in it. Yeah, Waterworld really, I, I feel like, really damaged the reputation. Juno, oh. Juno came out, which was like a really fun best g- picture. Best picture got nominated. That was like indie startup. Well, where'd this come from? Ellen Page and Diablo Cody. These are like two new names. That's true. Brand new names. Two thousand seven. So that was really fun. Okay. Atonement, I don't know anything about it. Sounds like one of the, (laughs) seems like every grouping of these will have one or two like very just nebulous titles, The Confession. In the bedroom. Right. In it. And you just like kind of have to be like, oh, that's the one I didn't see. That's right. Okay. And then in my personal opinion, two of my personal favorite movies of the past X amount of years. Mm Mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood. Wow. Paul Thomas Anderson's oh, movie yeah. with Daniel Day-Lewis. Yep. About the oil man. Daniel Plainview is so great. What a great movie. And? And the winner of Best Picture, The Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. Which those two movies. Wow, man. Those They came out at the same time and, and they like, felt like brothers. Yes, exactly. It, they were like companion pieces, but it was like, oh, this year, these movies. It was like, yeah, those movies were awesome. That was 2007. Seven. What do you think triggered? Like, it's usually things that are happening in the world. Yeah. Like, dictate what is the appropriate movie like why we make this movie yeah i mean look if i needed to sort of like do a armchair sociologist thing about it we're coming to the end of the bush presidency 2007 people are feeling a little despondent there will be blood is about a shameless oil men capitalist who will do who will crush people to make money in oil which is felt very relevant <laughs> right relevant to the like you know like to the dick cheney sort of like middle east plunging monsters that were in the white house at the time and no country for old men was also about nihilism yep it was about nihilism and some people are nihilists and evil wins sometimes and good doesn't always win just watch it go down sometimes it's just a flip of the coin and evil wins that those were <laughs> those were really truly great movie truly. watching experiences truly great movies i remember seeing after both of those movies, feeling like I need to see these again immediately. And I think I saw No Country for Old Men like two days in a row, like right. two separate times. I was like, I need to get right back in there. Yep. It's like filmmaking. Again. Yeah. That word gets tossed around a lot, but those f- movies felt like real filmmaking. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about a movie that came out this year. Yeah. It's the second act of the No Joke podcast. Yeah. We're trying to talk about our present lives with best picture yeah. movies. Yeah. 
Phantom Threat. Yes. So Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. Another one with Daniel Day. You saw Daniel Day. Yeah. You saw it in 70 millimeter film, right? Mm-hmm. Which, from what I've heard, is the way you need to see it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Uh, yeah, he shoots on seventy millimeter. It's all wide and beautiful and gorgeous and yeah, vintagey. Exactly. Yeah. Very just like extra pretty. Yeah, he shot extra it extra pretty. pretty, and it's getting seen the best it can. Extra pretty. I saw it on DVD, which mm. kind of minimizes certain aspects of it. Good night, nurse. Uh, sleepy. Good night, sleepy nurse. dog. Good night, nurse. I could. I couldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted so hard to be like, could not give me a reason. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, some more mushrooms. Oh, a new stitch. Oh, lo- more long gaps of silence at the breakfast table? I was like, yeah. when does it happen? Yeah, when yeah. does something, anything, make something happen? And I know. But the only reason why this is relevant to me is because after we recorded last week, you said, hey, I just saw Phantom Thread. You should really see this I loved movie. it. I loved it. Why? Okay, well, I mean, I th- I, I'm coming in with a very strong bias, with a very, very strong pro Paul Thomas Anderson bias. Okay. To me, he's like one of our gems. He's one of our he's one of our poet laureates okay. of the cinema. He's sure. like maybe the greatest director that we have. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want it to be good. So, like, I'm coming in there rooting for it, like wanting it to all just from a I sheer understand. confirmation bias. Say no, I get that. Okay. Um, it, I do think it's really beautiful. Yes. I thought it was gorgeous. I, th- I can't remember if Roger Deakins, who's like a very fancy DP, was the guy that shot it. It may have been, but it was like beautiful and stunning yep. and in a way that There Will Be Blood was. Yep. I appreciate Paul Thomas Anderson's use of 70 millimeter. I feel like it's really just down to he, him and Tarantino now who like shoot movies on 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. I think I've said this before in private, but I think I feel like Tarantino does it almost as like a look at me. I'm a cinephile. I'm like tipping a cap to movies of the past. Pat me on the back for using 70 millimeter and getting yep. film alive, where I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson does it a little less self congratulatorily uh-huh. and just sort of like uses it to serve the That's real. story. That's real. So I like that. Yep. I thought it was really good. Were you captivated by the story? Honestly. I was. I, I, I was. It was like a slow because I also was like, what's what literally is happening? Afterwards, I was like, what is the like? There's no conflict. There's no antagonist. Like it's about this sort of perfectionist clothing designer and mm-hmm. like the suit maker, and he's really exacting without giving anything away. Uh, when the twist happened, when yeah. we learned that the the thing, yeah, did it hit you in a way where you're like, "Whoa, good. no, me neither, no." The whole thing felt very numb. Exactly, okay. I was numbed. I was numbed by it, and it wasn't kind of until afterwards, and like talking about it afterwards, I was like, "Oh, that was kind of cool," or like, mm-hmm. "That is what." Because afterwards, I was like, literally, I was like, "Maggie, like, what happened?" Like, if you had to like s- describe the right. plot of that That's movie, to someone, what would you say? Like, That's how I felt. I know that I liked the spell it put me under, and the. I mean, look, another thing, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead is yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson's frequent musical collaborator. He made and his scores. Uh, for There Will Be Blood especially are like atonal and, and sort of Hitchcocky and kind of chilling and and a little sort of like nails on a chalkboard on yeah. purpose in a cool way whereas this score was lush and romantic right. and orchestral and all these horns right. so I kind of appreciated again the, just the filmmaking of it I thought was like kind of top tier and amazing that helps me understand yeah I just like the filmmaking similar to Dunkirk which is another movie that came out this year that I really liked that Maggie was like bored and like I don't know and dumb right uh, or not done, but just like Maggie's like, I can't understand what they're saying. Like, what is it? I don't like war movies. I'm over it. I just was so sort of taken by the technical film, like Christopher Nolan's like filmmaking. Yeah. And like the filmmaking. I tend to gravitate it. towards story. I yeah. think my writer brain is yeah. like, I want to track the story. Paul Thomas, this Phantom Thread had, it was so vague. So it if you've so listened, loose. if you've seen Phantom Thread, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast and you've seen Phantom Thread and you have a feeling one way or the other, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. At NoJokePod on Twitter, NoJokePod at gmail.com. Adam, we have to go into a act break. Okay. Phantom Thread. <laughs> Phantom Planet. Phantom Planet. Were they the group that did California? Yeah, Dayton and Jason Schwartzman was the drummer. That was Phantom Planet? I think that was Phantom Planet. 
California. Yes. Yes, Here Bill. we come. Yeah, thank you. Do, 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 do. Correct. That, that's Phantom Planet. Correct. Do we have to? Which I believe is a theme song to the OC. Now we have to. Now we have to. Okay, we have to. <laughs> we'll be right back. Phantom Planet, California. Driving in the sun, looking up for number one California, here we come, right back where we started from Oh, hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow weighs a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come, right back where we started from California Nothing's gonna stop me now California, here we come Right back where we started from A pedal to the floor, thinking of the war Gotta get us to the show California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was California by Phantom Planet. California. <laughs> Adam, you lived here for six years now, much yeah, like me. Yeah. Have you heard anyone call it California? <laughs> no, only that song. Yeah. Just that one song. Where do you live, sir? Los Angeles, California. California. So whiny and just like California. Yeah. I guess when you do start talking like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it kind of engenders. Do like, you actually – but do you know people who live here who like actually talk like that? Not really. I don't like – that's – that is – I find to 
to be like one of the funny sort of like weird stereotypes about like LA. It's that like Valley Girl, like clueless, like everyone is like their vocal. It's like the state of vocal fry. But that exists back here. Oh, but that that exists. That exists. The, the vocal fry, the army of vocal fry, does exist. And that Valley Girl voice. Yeah, like it's back here. Yeah. Yeah, like you're moving yeah. your hair yeah. back behind your ear as yeah. you do it, and like with love, that's Chase Bernstein <laughs> yeah. who was on the fast food episode. Yeah, that's right. They exist and they're the best. And she's from the Valley. I want to say she's from the Valley, valley Girl. And she like valley. she says yeah, and yeah. she moves her yeah. hair behind her ear. And yeah. It's awesome. Yes. We're from New York and we talk too fast, and that's we right. all have the qualities that we should. That's exactly right. Maggie, my wife, is from Los Angeles, and people are constantly mistaking her for a New Yorker. Mm. She has like she doesn't. Yeah. And Marina as well. Both of our of our partners are LA natives who don't who have no vocal fry and don't really like brash. Yeah. Brash. It's not really this. It's not that. <laughs> right. So maybe that's why we're not totally acclimated to it. But yeah, I think it does exist. Yeah, it exists. It exists. Um, Phantom Planet. Phantom Planet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, check out the OC. And check out the OC yeah, if yeah. you haven't yet. It's the third act of the No Joke <laughs> podcast. In this podcast, we are talking about best pictures. Best pictures. In the third act, we are going to talk about from the years 2010 to current. 2010 onwards. To current. Okay. Bill, let me dive in here. Okay, so somewhere along the way, right around here, they expanded the Best Picture nominees from five oh. to ten. Okay. Before we get into that, is that too many in your mind? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's too many. Right. Because, like, I don't know. I think we were good with five. Yep. It just feels like a little bit like a, a shameless commercial for movies. Yep. Studios can make more money because now they can just have the it, little sticker that, that says just feels Oscar a, nom. feels a little too transparent for me to be like, yeah, there were 10 worthy movies this year. Only uh, Best Picture? Yes. Only Best Picture. Correct. Not Best Supporting Actor. Correct. Okay. Just Best Picture gets expanded to 10, okay. jumbo-sized. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's not 10. Maybe it's just like as many as there are. There's got to. They got to put a number I on think it. it's 10. I okay. think it might be 10. Okay. Um, so we're looking at a crap load of Best Picture nominees here in the 2010s. Okay. Pick some of your favorites. Here's 2012. Yep. 2012. So I'm this is basically five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. Yeah, exactly. Not too far That's past. right. Okay. Um, so we have Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. A movie that I did not see. Post-war. Catherine Bigelow. Yep. What was it? War. War. War movie. Did not see that one. Yep. Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. David O. Russell directed Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. If you don't like Boston sad, I don't know if you're going to like Philly this sad. This is Philly sad. Robert yep. De Niro plays an OCD Philly Eagles fan. Yep. Okay. Wasn't totally crazy about that. Su I'm surprised it got as big as it did. Yeah, really. It felt like a weird... It was a movie. It was a movie. Yep. But it did sort of like, I think, forge the Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, David O. Russell triumvirate that now just makes movies forever. Neat. Jo neat. <laughs> neat. 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 Uh, we have Lincoln. Steven Spielberg, Daniel Day-Lewis sure. as Abraham Lincoln. Sure. Didn't see it. Don't want to. Come on. Don't want to. I've seen a penny. I've seen a penny. I've we seen get Lincoln it. in my... I, we Go to the ghost episode if you want to hear a real good okay. story about Lincoln. We get it. Billy's seen Ghost Lincoln okay. in his elementary school hallways. Don't need to see the movie. Go to the ghost, the ghost. Go to the Ghost podcast. <laughs> no joke pod. Ghost episode. That, if, you, if you think okay. Daniel Day-Lewis is good in Lincoln, wait until you hear Billy Day-Lewis <laughs> in the ghost episode. <laughs> Billy Day-Lewis. We'll leave it at that. Oh, that's so funny, Bill. Uh, Life of Pi was nominated that year. Oh, that yeah. Was, Boy uh, on the Raft with the Tiger. You got it. Yep. That was pretty cool CGI. Yeah, that was good. That was like a cool movie. I remember seeing that at home on Thanksgiving with the with the parents. Currently rooting for Pi. Les Mis. Dun, 
Dun, dun, Forget dun. it. Billy's Bye favorite pie. thing. Billy's Bye favorite pie. thing. Bye pie. 2012 Les Mis. Y'all already Best know. Best Picture nominee. We're loving The Miz. Yeah. How Love. many times have you seen, not the musical, but that particular movie, the Anne Hathaway, Hugh Jackman film? When I got it from SAG or whatever, yeah. I watched the hell out of you it. You did. I... And then it slowed down <laughs> bitty time. But I will say that I added it that uh, playlist, even though it yeah. was actors singing, to my iTunes. So there's like three or four different Les Mises now. Yeah. And you have it, like the original London Broadway cast recording. Exactly. Cameron McIntosh produces. And it's mostly because of the <laughs> prologue at the end. It's like there's just so many different – it's when all the songs come together at the end. It's like I want different styles of that. <laughs> Bill, true Les Mis fanboy. Come on. True Les Misophile. That might be the only thing your other thing you're a file That's of. You true. might be a Les Misophile. Love Maybe. Dyson, love the Miz. <laughs> Maybe. Love me some wireless vacuums. Love me some Miz. <laughs> So we also have Django Unchained, Tarantino and Jamie Foxx. Slavery. Big year. Sure, big year. Fun. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, yeah, that movie. That movie, New Orleans, didn't see it. Yep. Amour. Mm. <laughs> and there's our Gosford <laughs> there's Park. The... <laughs> there's 2012's Gosford Park. Amour. Mm. Okay. <laughs> More like a less. Exactly. And the Best Picture winner of 2012. Tommy Boy. But <laughs> Um, ben Affleck in Argo. Oh, cool. Ar- Argo. This is one of More my... More like be- our stop. Good one, Billy. I am in fuego. On fire. Absolutely on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> on fire. Wow. You're a jokophile. Yes, exactly. Um, so here's one of my minor beefs about uh, Hollywood and the Academy Awards, mm. is that um, Hollywood loves giving awards to movies about Hollywood. The movie The Artist, Argo. I do feel like there's a bit of a self-congratulatory vibe, even in the movies that are selected to be Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Disaster Artist for one this year. It's like hot mo- movie. Hollywood loves seeing itself reflected on its to itself. Of course. Who doesn't? Exactly. Who doesn't? So a lot of these – so that's why I think that like – I mean well, – and Argo is fine. The nature of these things are all self-congratulatory. Oh, baby. That's It's like all the people who are nominated get to vote. You know what I mean? It's all just like – it's all incestuous just like, hey, it's high school and we all think that like those kids over there are the coolest. These Hollywood award shows are deeply weird. I ha- I find myself hate watching them. I'll watch them but I hate – I hate it. Really? Like, I hate them. Like I just, You can't let go of the hate. You can't be aware of how – let's totally. pat ourselves on I'll, the back. I completely let go of the hate. I'm okay. being totally hyperbolic. I don't like hate. But I just watch it and I'm just – So aware. So aware of how congratulatory it is and how we're at the SAG Awards that I watched this past weekend, which are just for actors, by actors, for actors. Did you vote? No. Okay, me neither. Um, never have. Never. Never have. Okay. Um, but uh, oh, I know what you're about to say. What the what the trophies are called? The trophy for the Screen Actors Guild Awards that they give to the actors is called the actor. So mm. they say, and the actor goes too, and it's just too much. Yep. It's just too much. Yeah. If you have any friends who just started improv classes, they're about to talk about improv classes a bit too much. Yeah. You'd think that SAG would be able – they've, they've taken these classes you know before. I mean? we, we all you know guys your to, actors. That's right. why you're there. You don't need to call the trophy the actor. Just call it the trophy. The trophy even. And the trophy goes to. Right. That would be less offensive to me. The actor goes to the actor. The actor. It's like if the MVP – for the NBA was called like the basketball player goes, goes to, to this basketball player. Hmm. It's too much. It's too self-reflective. It's too <laughs> actory. Right. Literally too much of the word actor. Right. Anyway, that so, said, okay. I'd love to win an Oscar. I'd love to win an Emmy, a SAG. Please give. Please award. give it to us. We would just want all the trophies. Yeah. Please give it to us. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that was 2012. 2012. Now. Argo. Argo took it home that year. Ben Affleck. Talking about taking it home. What do yeah. you say we take it home? Not with this year's. Okay. Um, because people will be hearing about those for the next couple yep, of weeks. Yep. Yep. Let's see, uh, maybe a 
year or two ago. Okay. Do you have a pref? 2015 or 2016? Let's do 2016 because 15, I believe, was one of your Boston sads. Oh, that was a Boston sad. I think that was a spotlight. Spotlight. Speaking of light, this was the year, 2016, with the mistake heard around the oh, world. Oh, maybe though, this is oh, this was two years, last year. Or last two years year. Now. Yeah. A real friggin' treat. It was Warren Beatty and I want to say Shirley MacLaine? Sure. I think. Sure. Yeah. But there was two movies. Yes. There was two camps of people. Yes. People wanted La La Land yes. to win and people wanted Moonlight to win. Correct. Moonlight had the heart. It yeah. was about a much more unique African-American experience That's told right. beautifully over time. Yeah. And it was a masterful film. Truly. And White La La Land won. Yeah. La- and the winner is La La Land. Arr! Wait a second. Beep, beep, back beep, it up. Beep, back, let's back it, it up. up. We see the card. This is not a joke, that guy says. That poor guy Producery has to say. guy, yeah. Moonlight won. Moonlight won. Such an, a deeply, profoundly awkward moment. When you get a gaffe like that, like a real time with like six, you know, like 70 million people are watching. Yep. You get a real gaffe. This is coming off the heels of, I believe, Steve Harvey saying like the Miss America or Miss Universe is what the, hell the wrong that? country. That was so. Wait, sorry. Can I get the crown back, lady? It's actually that country. Oh, I love when public mistakes, just like a big whoopsie. Because like everyone makes mistakes. Everyone reads the wrong card. It's so understandable. It's so relatable. This is live television. When the stakes are so high. This is live television. For literal best picture in literally a, a year where it was like kind of heated and, dr- and tense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like a little tense about it. There was race wars happening all over this country for good reasons. Trump just got elected. Everyone's on edge and everyone's pissed and everyone's just like, it's kind of like a race thing now. And like La La Land is about Ryan Gosling saving jazz. I'm like, what What do you mean we don't like jazz? You gotta love jazz. Everybody loves jazz. Exactly. Moonlight. Moonlight. Um, so Moonlight won. Moonlight won. At- it beat La La Land. It did. We shouldn't uh, – oh, God. It's so funny. I was going to say we should talk about the other movies uh, yes. that were nominated. I'm yes. sure we knew about them. Yes. The first three movies that I read after Moonlight, yes. Fences. Yes. I, I couldn't tell you what Fences is about. Maybe a nun? August. <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge was a – <laughs> I don't want to know. I just want to say that it makes me think it's probably about like a hill that we have to like do something with. Hack it. And then the next one is Hell or High Water. That was a movie, I, I think. I got nothing. Nothing, Again, dude. not La La Land, not Moonlight. <laughs> not Moonlight. Not Gosling. Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Yeah. I know we're supposed to like Hidden Figures. That was- Is this uh, The Maids? The, no, no, no. That was the, the black women who were in NASA, who worked for NASA and got us to the moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but didn't get credit for it. Then there's Lion. Lion. That's right. That was the guy from uh, yep. Slumdog Millionaire who goes to find his real parents. Lion. Lion. And then Manchester by Boston the Boston sad as hell. Yeah. Boston I, sad as hell. So congratulations to Moonlight and good luck to all the movies this year. Yes. But speaking of Manchester by the Sea, yes. Adam, I think the most interesting thing that happened on today's podcast yes. was you talking about your dislike of Boston sad. I just don't like that genre. If people missed it, one more time, can you just very briefly explain why Boston sad is now passe? I just think it's a little played out. I just feel like, again, the ones that come immediately to mind are Mystic River being the, the, the greatest offender, mm-hmm. uh, in my personal opinion. Spotlight mm-hmm. doesn't totally qualify because it's not like about like a child rape. And mm-hmm. it's just more about like journalists about journalists pursuing child rape stories. Yep. 
Um, so you have uh, Manchester by the Sea is also just yeah. tra- just ball New England tragedy right. and leaning into like how sad, just like horrible, deeply, deeply horrible things happening to people near Boston. I find this profoundly funny. I'm so glad you shared <laughs> it with me. I just don't want it anymore. I can't wait for that list to grow as I continue to watch movies about that. I mean, what's the one that Jake Gyllenhaal just came out about the Boston bomber? Mark Wahlberg maybe is in that one too. It's like strongest, the sure. stronger one. I just, I, I personally am not here for that. That. I'm so, so sorry. So if you want to make the bracelets, we'd like them to read hashtag Boston sad. So funny. Please someone make that bracelet for us. Great. <laughs> In the meantime, we'd like to thank you for listening to this, the best pictures yes. episode of No Joke. <laughs> for it, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>